Beginning Transmission 96, Watchmen, Part 2, Issues 4 through 6, Philander, who watches the Watchmen. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Fleet
Too soon. Too soon. Hey, everyone, this is our <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon podcast. Yes. <laughs> Saturday morning parody podcast. Uh, but hey, welcome to episode 96, sneaking up on our 100th episode, coming up very quickly. Uh, this month, we are covering the classic book from Alan Moore and David Gibbons, or Dave Gibbons, not David, but Dave Gibbons. Uh, we're covering Watchmen. This is part two of Watchmen, so if you have not read part one, uh, which is basically the first three issues. Um, we're going to get spoiler territory later on uh, issue two, just a heads up now uh, before you get too far into it. But uh, speaking of all the porn parodies, uh, the king of porn reviews, Mr. Adam. <laughs> the king? I thought it was the queen. It's whatever you want to be called. I'll give you what I call you. <laughs> Kings and queen. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Adam, <laughs> uh, film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, and I'm actually getting my own business cards. Uh, Lucas, uh, the co-founder of Big Shiny Robot, just hit me up, and I'm actually... This, the front says Adam McDonald, uh, reviews editor, blah, blah, blah. And the top is a little blurb about you. So mine is uh, sorted into Slytherin, Adam McDonald, blah, blah, blah. So nice. <clears throat> Should be pretty fun. Uh, yeah, over there doing that. And it's been kind of a slow month. Uh, Sundance was really cool. What I saw was great. I didn't see a lot. Uh, I was too busy working. Uh, and it looks Real like. Real jobs. What? I uh, know, right? <laughs> Stupid things that pays the bills. The As we record this, it's already been out. But uh, the next thing I get to see is Fifty Shades Freed, <laughs> and apparently Maya will come with me if I eat his asshole. Yep. But I told me I have to shower. But I'd, I'd rather I'd rather watch the video that I posted uh, from Funny or Die the other day, the Fifty Shades of DeVito. I need to watch that. I saw, I, it popped like <laughs> three people tagged me in that. So I need to go back and watch We'll that. watch it as soon as we're done recording. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that's what I get to see next. I'm so excited. You um, get to see it. Yeah, and uh, still trying to figure out what we're doing with Bored as Hell with uh, Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Because, uh, yeah, again, it's been a slow month, so we haven't recorded much. Uh, and I'm also the curator of our Grinder Scruff and Tights account. So, and actually, tights might be happening. I'm, I'm working with some people to see if we can make an app. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a gay site or just like a in general geek dating site, but I think we should. I think an in general geek dating site would work. Yeah, I think we should definitely copyright it though, because I, I looked out there and um, it doesn't exist yet. So, so get, get your dick sucked by a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> And that goes for both genders. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> you tell, that's why we started another podcast that we can tell our parents about so they don't listen to this one. That's what I that, that's my whole life. My parents have no idea I do this podcast. Like they know they know of you, Brian, because you're in California and they know mm-hmm. um, what you do. And uh-huh. uh, they know we're friends and they know we do some kind of weird like like a podcast together but i've never told them what it's about and i'm gonna keep it that way because i say things on here that make me blush so it's awesome yeah well and my my mom has i know my mom has listened to a few episodes and then and so i'm sorry mom yeah she doesn't listen to them anymore that's part of the reason why <laughs> and she still loves me <laughs> my, my mom yeah my mom's pretty chill about those things for mormon for sure uh but yeah it's I'm just happy to know that she's no longer listening because I'm just like, yeah, just don't, that's not for you, mom. Don't don't worry about that one. But, um, oh yes, Mr. Porg. Uh huh. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Porg is informing me that we should introduce Mr. Maya. Hello, I'm Maya. Hi, Maya. <laughs> He's got a clean butthole. <laughs> uh, no, my will be soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted to see how long I could just let that silence go. Uh, my name's Maya, or Jeremiah, or Hey Asshole. You can call me whatever you want. Uh, you can, if you're in Salt Lake City, you can catch me at Doctor Volts. Uh, I'm typically there Tuesdays and Fridays, but go up there anytime you feel like it because we're an awesome comic shop. 
3300 South, or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and tell me how much you hate me or like me, or if you want to chat about geeky shit, uh, at Mr. My on Twitter and the Mr. My on Instagram. Cool. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot that the, the sound effects buttons worked and... I, you know, I've been playing with them again today. Basically, really what happens is while I build the, the file for us to record, I sit here mm-hmm. and I wait, and I play with sound effects while I'm waiting, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot these these exist, and I still have these on here. Um, so It's like you're married to people in Salt Lake. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Uh-huh. Got your agenda right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was for you, Todd. Uh, Thank you. Speaking of having your agenda right here, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, and there's also the um, Hooligans podcast for English, English class, class Hooligans. English class Hooligans. Yes. We've recorded two episodes now, prepping for our third. One is out. One is out. Yes. And it's pretty awesome, and it's about all the books you should have read in high school or the classics, and what we think of them now as adults that we're reading them because we want to instead of because we had to. Yep, and it's parent safe. It is parent safe. It's it, we keep it clean. So if you're, you know, mm-hmm. listening to it in public, we don't. I mean, we might sound like idiots, but we don't swear and say horrible things like idiots. Is that Darth Vader? What the hell is going on over there? <laughs> it's Lion Cat. Lion Cat. Oh, that's creepy. I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Here, I'll, I'll send you a picture. It's my Lion Cat plush that talks and says lying. So awesome. That's one of my favorite characters. That's so creepy. That one of it's so creepy. It's so great. I might try to get a recording of that. I might slip that into a show somewhere this summer. You could use lying. I could use lying. that in Beth somewhere. That would be great. Is it, is it true that's the sound vaginas make? No. Some no, people say Jonathan Hickman's the most humble writer we know. <laughs> I want to stuff Nyan Cat. I'm sure there Pop is one. Going over a Pop Dark Cat going over a Rainbow Cat. Yeah. <laughs> it almost has like a a golem kind of sound to it too, or Smeagol. Yeah. You know what I mean? That should be that should be a drop we just play every time Donald Trump speaks. <laughs> True. But I, I just sent you a, I just sent you a picture, Brian. Brian, Sweet. what it looks like. Oh, yeah, I'm opening it up right now. Oh, mm-hmm. I want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of California, and I am going to be in Utah again this summer designing a bunch of shows for Lyric. I'm not going to go through all the names because you'll hear about it at a bunch of promos, but I signed my contract now. So, uh, and hey. read. The funny thing is, I <laughs> this is full side note. When I was trying, like, <laughs> we had to do some negotiations on some things, and I basically was telling them, I'm like, look, you have like three shows that I know are going to be huge. I don't know about the fourth one. I read the script for the fourth one, and it's a huge sound design show, too. So I'm like, I, I took on more than I can chew, I think, at this point. <laughs> they're like sound design wise they're four fucking huge shows um well they anyway. heard that you're the man so now you've got to back it up such a lie but anyway so yeah lying, so i'll be around um lying, lying. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so we are this week. Uh, we might be too goofy for this series of a book. We'll see how this all turns out. We'll but see. Um, It's got blue dong and it. it can't be that serious. Uh, and blue true. balls, which that's is true. serious. <laughs> it was more of a blue sack. Well, but, never mind. Silence. Uh, <laughs> because we all know I was the one checking out Dr. Manhattan's junk, so, you know. 
There he goes. I want to get the... the they just blasted. released the movie in 4K. I want to see Blue Dong in 4K. So, actually, I was going to buy it because it was on sale. Mm-hmm. This is way back when I was still at my old job. And the review said the resolution's almost the same between the Blu-ray and the 4K. Mm-hmm. The big difference, which I, I'm, I'm kind of invested in, is the uh, because it's an HDR, the actual the blacks are blacker, like the colors mm-hmm. are more. So it's a more vibrant and darker film at the same time. But as far as the, the clarity goes, it's about the same as the Blu-ray. Hmm. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Actually, my Blu-ray is the one that's that went out of print and is now worth like 150 bucks. Yeah, I have the I have the box set of it. Yeah, because you have you have that one, but I have the the box set that came with the. I have another copy of Watchmen. That's a hardcover that came in this box set. And it's weird. That's not that's in, of all the ones that was the rare one. It's still just it's just a box set of just the movies and like the everything that's else. Of, it probably went out of print because they re-released the 4K. Yeah, it has both Blu-ray and regular. I'm forced to buy the expensive one. Yes. Anyway, yes. continuing on. Um, Moving on. We're still doing introductions and we're 15 minutes in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some of the best episodes happened that way. <laughs> so, to catch you up in case you didn't read last week, or listen to last week's episode and or haven't read the first three episodes of Watchmen, the basic gist as to where we are at this point in time. So, there it was a group of superheroes uh, known as the... The Crime Busters. Crime Busters. There we go. Um, and one of them, a guy named the Comedian who we found out to a certain extent was a pretty much an asshole has been killed and the police aren't necessarily terribly interested they also don't necessarily realize that he was a superhero one of the other crime busters a guy named Rorschach is the one who seems to be doing a lot of the investigation into it as he's doing the investigation into it uh, there is another former uh, member of the t- crime busters who now works for the government named Dr. Manhattan uh, he and his wife who was a superhero named Silk Spectre her name is Lori they're having a little bit of a falling out so um, after the funeral we still learn a lot more about them. Basically, Dr. Manhattan is kind of like, you know what? I'm sick of humanity. I'm sick of all this shit. And he ends up going to Mars um, after causing a little bit of trouble on Earth. Basically, you know, he can move space and time and things like that. And so he moves a bunch of people outside of stuff. And there's a controversy. And he also finds out that he has been inadvertently causing his ex-girlfriend to have cancer. So he's all upset. So he leaves and goes to Mars. Problem is, is that America was using Dr. Manhattan as their main nuclear deterrent. And so now all of a sudden, him leaving may have become World War Three. Did I miss anything major in the first three episodes from last week? Um, or issues from last it's week? nuclear. God damn it, Adam. <laughs> Nuclear. Wrong, 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 wrong. Lion Cat is staring at Adam. Good. Outside of that, did I miss anything that people need to know about? No. I, I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Sorry. If you could only see the stare down going on this side. Porg and Lion Cat are staring at each other. You tell him, Mr. Porg. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> we are professionals. Well, speaking of professionals, we are also uh, known to have drinking games with every single episode. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and I don't want it that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Let's see, we'll go with Mr. Maya. So my drinking game uh, is titled Date Night, which is uh, anytime a date is mentioned uh, to, I'm going to say in general, it was originally just a date is mentioned just by Dr. Manhattan, but anytime a date is mentioned, period, take a drink. Mr. Adam, what is your 
drinking game rule. Uh, mine is called the shadows on the wall. So every time they you see a shadow on a wall, like the, the spray painted ones, or they're referenced, or it's brought up in the plot, uh, you take a drink. Uh, mine is called thebomb.com. I went all 90s on you. You're welcome. Thebomb.com. Yeah. Which is every time there's a mention of the possibility of nuclear war. Did I say that right for you, Adam, or do you want it differently? No, you're fine. I'll, I'll let it slide. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Nu- uh, nu- nuclear is not a word. Tell that to George Bush. <laughs> nu- nuclear. I bet you miss him now, don't you? <laughs> you know, I do. I never thought I'd say that, but I fucking miss him. It's one of those words, like, there's a couple different words where, like, you hear them so many different ways, you're never quite sure how to say them. Sort of like Mark Miller or Mark Millar. <laughs> Thank you, fucker. I have that drop. I'm not getting to it right now. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so whatever. At, anytime there is the mention of a possible atomic war, take a drink. And uh, Todd, do you have a drinking game rule? Yeah, uh, mine's called Meta Rorschach. So every time Rorschach is being um, quizzed by a psychoanalyst and he's doing the Rorschach test, so you have Rorschach doing the Rorschach. Take a drink. That's so meta. Yeah. That's so meta, guys. That's yeah. super meta. Uh-huh. Yes, we all recommend that you should read this. I don't really feel like we need to do that again, I'm guessing. But as a preview for what the next three issues are, they're actually all kind of somewhat disconnected from each other, although they do propel the main plot line forward. Issue four is mainly the Dr. Manhattan's backstory. Uh, issue five, some buildup on the story as well. Mm. And then issue uh, six ends up becoming a lot of Rorschach's backstory. Well, f- five, um, five is like the Rorschach detective story. Yeah, mm-hmm. Five is like the Rorschach detective story, which has a very special thing about it. Uh, so that's kind of like the, the the main gist of what the next three issues are. I think they're all very good uh, and definitely worth reading. So I don't think we really need to go into votes because we kind of already did that last week. Yeah. So uh, this is the point in time where we say, hey, have at it. So we are only doing issues four through six. We're only doing the next three. We're taking this in pieces. This is a big, beefy book. It's heavy. It's got a, a lot of stuff. I have a friend who every time he gets a new iPhone, he uh, reviews on how much the iPhone hurts when it falls in your face when you fall asleep holding your phone (laughs) above your face. Uh, This is a book that will hurt if you drop it on your face if you're lying in bed reading it. Uh, It's big and bulky. But uh, so, yeah, actually, Todd, you know that friend. So we will go to our little break and you will be able to have at it. And uh, we will see you on the flip side and we'll get all spoilerific on this. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Also, so, Mr. Maya, you totally uh, caused me to befuddle the guy who I talk to every week in my comic book Mm -hmm. shop. Because after all of your talk last week about Doomsday Clock, Uh I actually bought single issues of Doomsday Clock. I bought the first three issues. Oh. And... My guy at the comic shop was like, he was like, I never thought we'd get to this point. Like, it was it was almost <laughs> like, you know, it, it made me feel like we were, like, in a relationship when we just got into third base. It was, was just like, oh, my God, it happened. It finally happened. It was so, really the- so without spoiling the third issue, because Todd hasn't read it yet. Well, Adam hasn't read any yet. Uh, what do you think? Oh, I haven't read them yet. I just oh, okay. bought them. Oh, okay. I was just flipping through them. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have been very bad about... My to-be-read pile has not been going down as much. And, uh, but, like, I've been still buying comics, not as, mm-hmm. at the frequency I have, but, I, like, I just haven't... I've been actually working for a change. Like, I've actually been, you know... What? Going, I know. It's actually... It's been really nice. I've been very busy, but uh, it causes me not to have as much time to read as I possibly could. Because, like, looking at it right now, my to-be-read pile is back up to 50 books. So nice. Uh, yeah, I need to. I need to start reading on that again. Amateur. <laughs> 
I was actually talking to him about that too. About I was talking about your hold in particular about how you had so many things in your hold that if you were to actually pay for all of them and take them home, it'd basically just be indentured servitude for like a year. He goes, "That's how they get you." He goes, "It's like that for everybody who works at a comic shop." And I was like, "Okay, well, there you go." <laughs> Everyone works. Because I always thought, oh, maybe kind of like if I had a, a job that had like a normal schedule that I could like actually sit there and schedule, like I thought it'd be kind of cool to like, you know, go in and help do like the, the Tuesday putting out of comics after the show clo- shop closes or whatever. Uh-huh. Just to, you know, have a little more just like chance to check stuff out and maybe have like a little second gig, maybe get a discounted comic shop. And then I'm like, no, it would just be dangerous. Like it would just, <laughs> I would lose all my money from whatever I was making on that job and whatever job I was, you know, money I was making in other places. So, because this book is so dense and heavy and whatever, and frankly because it works a little bit better, we're going to go away from the lightning round and we're just going to discuss the story as it unfolds. Sound fair? Especially with these three issues. Yeah. Especially with these three issues. Okay. So, uh, issue number four is called The Watchmaker, uh, which is essentially gives us Dr. Manhattan's uh, backstory. Um, and the other thing it, it does that's kind of interesting is, is it talks about parallel events unfolding in time and the way they're all linked together. Uh, sort of like the workings of a watch kind of thing which also because he can see after his creation into dr manhattan he can see all of time in the future and in the past all at the same time it kind of reminds me of uh there's a kurt vonnegut story called time quake has anybody read that is it just me i have not no i've only read uh, slaughterhouse five so in time quake basically what it is is that uh there is a it's like an earthquake but it's in time where everyone is knocked back by 10 years but the thing is is that they have a memory of what their life is and what happens but they have to relive 10 years the same way so like they, they make the same choices the same things unfold but they know what the they know what's going to happen and then so at the end of it you kind of think maybe they would you know learn to make different choices but at the end of it they actually a spoiler alert for those of you who want to read it i guess they, they come up with this idea of like what's meant to be is meant to be or fate is whatever it is or don't change a fucking thing which is what i thought was really interesting because i reading this issue it reminded me a lot about that anyway so dr manhattan basically the way he gets turned into who he is is he was a a research scientist in i think it's new mexico he has a his father was a watchmaker and when the nuclear war started his father said you're not gonna be a watchmaker it's out of date you're gonna go be a scientist and so he goes and becomes a scientist and uh, he's working at this research facility and he has fixed his girlfriend's watch he leaves it in his lab coat when he goes to pick it up from his lab coat he is now trapped inside of a test facility of some kind and he basically becomes disintegrated and he has he finds the ability to basically put himself back together again in doing so he has the ability to also manipulate um atoms and all sorts of stuff and then basically sort of becomes uh this big blue guy um so he ends up working for the government as a nuclear deterrent um and because of that he's immune to this keen act which is part of the reason why his uh, wife, Lori, who was the Silk Scepter, is required to retire. There is an interesting thing about it, too. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's, let's talk about that up to this point in time. Is anything else, anything anybody wants to bring up about all of that so far? We'll, we'll go into later. Actually, this uh, this comic is my, is mine. I were saying earlier, is probably my favorite single issue from the whole series but and for a weird reason i actually i agree with you on this i think this is really a great issue in general there's an interesting in the next issue that i really like but um we'll get to that so the other thing that i thought was just interesting about this issue is within this issue there is a line that says uh the superman exists and he is american which is what the newspaper reporter says there's an interesting thing that if you read the book section quote unquote at the end Mm -hmm. of this issue it actually clarifies him as him actually have been quoted saying God exists and he is an American, but they changed it for whatever purposes because they think that I guess they assume that people 
would not have been comfortable hearing, you know, someone refer to themselves as God, because I mean, it might have been a, the Beatles were more popular than Jesus thing, or just, you know, being more unnerving. But that I thought was an interesting thing, because I, like I said before, the first time I read this, I never went back and reread the, and like the book portions of things. I just read the comic portions of things, but that was something interesting that I gained off of reading the book portion of this. And then just the issue kind of ends with the explanation of like, he just kind of got sick of humanity and trying to, you know, protect them from themselves. And, you know, and then also, you know, everyone he knows and loves is dying and he's going to be alone for whatever. And so he goes up to Mars and kind of starts creating his own new life up there. Does that pretty much sum up that issue? Yep. Yep. I, I love, I love, I love how this, this whole issue plays out. I mean, you get the, um, the jumping back and forth between different timelines. You get, it really deep dives into kind of Dr. Manhattan's psyche because we, we've kind of gotten the point up till now that, you know, he has his powers. He's, he's not a human anymore. And we, as we discussed last time, like how you would handle basically being someone who never ages, who sees those around you die and age and everything else. And this one really hits home as far as where he's coming from and really helps you understand the character better because as much as that he does have the power of a God, you can still see there are some of those emotions left, but they're not, they're kind of there. It's like they're a facsimile of emotion because, you know, he's he's sitting there on, on Mars and, you know, dropping the letter or dropping the photograph and thinking back to when they met and this and that and goes all over the place and it's it's really has a really great cinematic feel and I loved as we were discussing earlier the uh, the movie does a great way of kind of showing this happen in like with the the, the big glass castle coming out of the, the the red sand and everything else and yeah e- easily this is my favorite issue of the whole thing and I like the fact as we as we go on because we also get Rorschach's kind of backstory too mm-hmm. is that they didn't spend the first four issues give everyone's backstory what i love is that they jump right in the story from the get-go the comedian is dead he's flying out a window rorschach's on the scene seeing mm-hmm. what happens so you're getting these people you're like you know who the fuck are these people and you kind of get some idea and then with these middle issues that we're kind of going through now we're getting the backstory so you, you're already kind of intrigued about who they are and now we're explaining where they came from whereas as we've seen before in other comics we've read where mm-hmm. they spend so much time like we've always made fun of like you know some of the dc comics like oh and so and so can do this and even though marvel comics from the 80s like you know remember psylocke can has this power and blah 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 mm-hmm. alan moore didn't do this and dave gibbons didn't do that so we're already invested we kind of have an idea of what these characters are what they can do and now we're actually jumping in and being like hey so this is where they came from and how and why they're the way they are mm-hmm. and i think it's a really smart way to do it because you're already invested you don't and now you actually are intrigued to know their backstory and where they came from and not just like i don't know why we're explaining who dr manhattan is he's this big big blue dude like oh no this is what's happened with him already here's why he is the way he is the other thing i think is interesting about this issue i think is, is his his the way he sees time um which i kind of mentioned beforehand is like he sees all of the past and all of the future as if it was the exact same thing, which is not an uncommon thing for science fiction. He doesn't just see them, he is... Living them. Living, he is living in every moment in time, all the time, which is almost tragic in a way. Not dissimilar to other science fiction. Um, In another Kurt Vonnegut book, actually, Slaughterhouse-Five, the Mm -hmm. aliens um, that he ends up going to visit, they basically, he describes them as being sort of the same thing. They see all the future, all the past, like they know how their world ends. And there's and they won't do anything about it because they always exist in time forward and backwards. You know what I mean? So that it doesn't even if their world ends, they still exist in the moment or whatever moment they choose mm-hmm. to exist in, I guess, or focus on it. I you know, whatever. It becomes this thing of if you have that ability, how do you live and how do you define what the present is? Because it's always I mean, it gets to get a really weird, heavy issue. Well, and that's um, why they don't they don't mourn people who die. You know, they say when someone dies, they just say mm-hmm. so it goes because even though they're not there in the present, they're still with them in the past and everywhere else. So it doesn't matter that you're yeah. not physically there because you still exist 
throughout the timeline. And I think when you have the ability to view the past as vividly as you're viewing your present, you wouldn't necessarily miss them. You know what I mean? Like, if you wanted more time with them, you would just go back to the time you had with them already. And you would have all those moments. That just kind of brings up, like, when Janie's asking, you know, so if you knew that the president was going to get shot, why didn't you do something? And he said that he can't prevent the future. To him, it's already happening. Which confused me, because I thought in an early issue, and I have to go look at that, I, I thought that they mentioned that Kennedy didn't get shot, that they prevented that from happening. Uh, I don't think I, I so. Because so. I, I, I remember that was one of the things I remember reading was the that uh, I, I can't remember the line. I got to look it up where he talks about how he explains how Doctor Manhattan invents these. You know, he gives them the technology to invent these electric cars, and then two weeks later, an electric limousine. Uh, I, I, I gotta find it because it's a great line. It's one of my. But but real quick, while Adam's looking that up, going back mm-hmm. to your, um, uh, you know, Superman exists and he's and he's American. That line is mm-hmm. actually in the movie as an interview. They're interviewing the guy, and someone asks him, you know, about. So what did you mean when you said the Superman exists and he's American? And he said, No, I was misquoted. What I said was God exists and he's American. I, I like how they worked that into the movie. There, I can think of people who are fans of religious colleges and would sort of suspect that, you know, God exists and he's a, you know, either BYU fan or a Notre Dame fan, which you guys have heard Touchdown Jesus? No. A friend of mine who's a Notre Dame fan loved to tell me the story. They built a new um, library at the at one end zone of the football stadium and they painted a, uh, you know, a Christos on it. They, pa- they painted Jesus on it. But Jesus's arms are not straight out like the cross. For some reason, they're slightly bent upwards at the elbow as if to make a touchdown sing- signal. And so, like, you, you, there's Touchdown Jesus at one end of the, uh, the stadium, which I always thought was very funny. I've never actually seen it, but I've just been told the story, so I, I'd like to check it out. Maybe it's on Line. The, the whole Kennedy not being assassination thing, I thought was just like a one-off little line in there somewhere. Maybe I have to go back and look at it again for something. But I just thought, because we'd mentioned that there's something like, they mentioned it sort of like a slightly different timeline, but I don't remember why. I know Nixon's working on getting his third term. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's I think that's where things start to change. So, well, it's interesting watching here. I mean, you've got, and there's the whole story of his dad saying you won't be a watchmaker throwing there's this nice little scene of him throwing the gears out the window of their New York. I'm assuming it was in New York where he was growing up for some reason. Would you say that grinds his gears? A little bit. <laughs> but those got thrown out the window. And yet the idea of, I mean, it's called Watchmen, but you've got these watches. And even when he goes to Mars and the cogs and the gears and the things ticking through and you're going in the past and the future, everything is a cog and it's already happened. It's there and it all fits together. It's quite a beautiful little thing, and the um, the next episode they do some interesting things with symmetry and the layouts, which is something pretty impressive. Gibbons pulls off. Is that the one that's like the same backwards and forwards? Yeah, yeah. on pages fourteen, fifteen. Also, it's, it's really because there's the um, again like the way the, the way watches pull and everything else, but also mm-hmm. you kind of have this idea. Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's a philosophy called the uh, is it the absent watchman or this and that? It's basically that you know God created the universe. Deism. That's not, it, it's actually called the the Selene Watchmaker um, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Basically, that like God created the universe and then left. Right, theism. Okay, I, I, I've heard it. <laughs> I just heard it called something else before too. Uh, and it, it kind of plays into this because if you if you've got you know Doctor Manhattan is the idea that he is God. I mean, he basically has the powers of a god, uh, and he left Earth and doesn't care anymore. And so that's that also that philosophy kind of plays in as well as far as what he's been doing and. He's just off on his own, making new worlds on Mars. Doing his thing, like you do. Like you do. Like you do. Like you do. He's building a tourist attraction for people to eventually, you know, do intergalactic tourism. And, you know, it's it's what he's, it's what he's doing. He's just prepping. He's just prepping his own theme park. He's prepping, uh, you know, Blue Dong Land. It'll be great. And you must be this high to ride the Blue Dong. That's right. Oh. 
Yes. There should be a height. Well, I don't know if there should be a height limit. There should be an age restriction, though. I will say that. Well, he yeah. did start dating Silk Spectre when she was 16. Yep. Yeah, she might have been too young to... 16. To... Well, although, although, to be fair, depending on the country you're in, that's this legal. the United States. Yeah. But, like, how <laughs> old was he, though, I guess, is a better question. It wasn't Not in 1985. That was Reagan's America. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he does say that he's like... No, a... it was Nixon's America. <laughs> well, no, he, he says he's, what, like, 53 or so, or 56 yeah. in the book. Uh-huh. But technically speaking, because he's... He's all everywhere at once. I mean, he doesn't really have an age. I mean, like, yeah, he's he has a birthday as far as when he was born as a human, mm-hmm. but now as Doctor Manhattan, he technically he's immortal. So I guess that doesn't really matter. I mean, who's, <laughs> so gonna, mean, who's gonna charge him with statutory rape? What are they gonna do? Right. Put him in prison? <laughs> I know they, they don't want him to go hide in France like Roman Polanski because then France would have the uh, nuclear deterrent. So the Woody Allen defense is better. None of those defenses are good. No, I'm going, with, Adam, I'm going with the Warren Jeffs. <laughs> with the Warren Jeffs. Oh, At least he's open about it. I don't necessarily think that makes it better. It doesn't. But <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> so, uh, issue two. Issue two. Issue, two. issue five. Issue two, which is actually issue five, which yeah. is Fearful yes. Symmetry. Mm-hmm. And there's something very interesting about this issue, and I don't know if we should mention it at the beginning of the issue or at the end, but since you probably should have read it, I'm going to blow your minds, kids, if you haven't noticed this or not. The layouts of the issues is like an ink blot. It meets in the center, and then it's it's almost identical back and forth, at least as far as where the layouts of the grids are, and they try to match colors as well. The images aren't necessarily identical. They're but pretty like, so similar. They are. They are pretty darn similar, though. It's Once you realize it, it's like really interesting to flip back and forth and see how they combine stuff. So in the very middle of the issue is a fight with... Um, oh... Awesome. Osma- Osmandius mm-hmm. and so like there's a, a middle issue of Osmandius like swinging like a vase or a vase or something now I'm second guessing everything I say around you Adam but like in the middle of that you will that's like the middle of the ink blot um you can say vase unless you're wearing a pashmina okay <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep that in mind or an ascot an ascot yeah so he's, he's mm-hmm. swinging uh, some big gold thing and knocking a dude out. That that's like right in the middle, and so it's it's also the only image that crosses over the page, and so that's the center. And then if you work your way out, you will see that it is like an ink blot layout wise that they are, and kind of flip back and forth and see that they've done the same thing back and forth. It's fascinating how they've done that. So anyway, that will it's the awesome. first time I ever saw that it blew my mind. But so uh, yeah, it's an ink blot, uh, aka a Rorschach test. Um, basically, it starts out with a, a discussion of upcoming World War III and people's plans to escape. Um, the, the black, fr- it's like you have a, a scene at the um, newspaper booth where you know they're talking about you know that they're afraid of this and they're going to do that. And even in the black freighter, it has this whole conversation with this guy trying to build a raft, and he decides that he's going to use the you know bloated dead bodies to basically make his raft float and that's how he's going to escape so there's this big fear of that's disturbing as hell it is a disturbing (laughs) image uh really disturbing image and and makes me really happy that the black freighter movie portion may not have made it in there so then uh basically we have laurie she ends up spending the the night at night owl's place and they uh the thing i thought was really interesting about this i don't know if anybody else noticed this or not every time you see them talking it actually it's almost as if you're looking at their reflection in a mirror and because the word bubbles come from off, not connected to them most of the time. There's only a couple times where the word bubbles mm-hmm. are actually connected to them. Most of the time they're connected to their reflection or you're looking at the reflection, which I think is an interesting thing for this Rorschach sort of thing, as well as like the split image kind of thing. Um, Rorschach spies that, you know, he sees that they've you know had 
breakfast together and thinks that maybe there's a relationship going on. So Rorschach begins and ends the uh, issue at Jacoby's place. He's questioning him about um, the fight uh, in the beginning. And then at the end, he's set up to return to Jacoby's place where um, Jacoby is dead and the cops have been called. And so that's when he uh, ends up getting arrested at the very end of the issue. Um, and like it's been set up. Yeah, and he's been set up. And then um, uh, that's sort of the basic gist of the issue. And uh, the, the article at the end of it is the history of the Black Freighter comic is what that all delves into. And this uh, issue ends with a excerpt from my favorite poem of all time. Oh, yeah? What's, what's that? Tiger by William Blake. Oh, really? Yeah. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night. What a mortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry. Ah, gotcha. Which, again, plays into the, the symmetry of the of the issue. And mm-hmm. the title of the issue, which is Fearful Symmetry. It's symmetry, yeah. Yes. But uh, that, that is my favorite poem of all time, so. I like Captain, my captain. Actually, that's not even true either. I don't like uh, I think, actually, <laughs> my favorite poem might be The Conqueror Worm by Edgar Allan Poe, mainly because it has a hardcore theater bent to it. Um, it talks. It, it's sort of a play on the all the world's a stage and we are merely players kind of thing, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's more morbid and, and more deliberately theatrical. So uh, anybody have any thoughts about this middle issue? Some of the things that I really dug about it, looking into it, I mean, the... Um, and. I think this is where Gibbons really sings. I mean, Alan Moore wrote this, and the ideas are all there. But even at the point where Adrian V. Ozymandias has beat the guy, he's trying to pull the cyanide capsule out. Mm-hmm. And I was reading up the on cyanide capsules that makes all of your muscles contract like crazy. Mm-hmm. It says it gives you the act of you trying to put your head up your own asshole. <laughs> and it's not uncommon, as you even watch him, he's arcing his back and everything just goes absolutely crazy. Dying by cyanide is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. But the other cool thing is Rorschach is set up and he's getting caught. The thought bubbles all around Rorschach has this jagged outline edge. But when his mask gets removed, those mm. jagged edges disappear and it becomes standard talking bubbles again. Yeah. So as you have Rorschach... As Rorschach, his talking bubbles change. It's like two different people. It's two different people, and then when the it goes away, is you see Walter Kovacs, and he kind of looks like um, Alfalfa from Little Rascals Grown Up. Wrong, <laughs> yeah, is all that I see in my mind. But even the bubbles change, and just the little bits and the levels of detail that's included in here is just amazing as you're watching it. You mean when they when they remove his face, not his mask? Which I to me that almost kind of goes back to that old uh, like is is Bruce Wayne the secret identity and Batman the real person? Sure. Mm-hmm. That that that's kind of what I thought of uh, with Rorschach here when they took yeah. off his mask and he's like, "Give me back my face." <clears throat> well, and actually, as we as we go into the, I mean, this is kind of bringing the next issue. It's very much the fact that he, he no longer is. Korak. He is Rorschach. Rorschach, and Korak was who he used to be. And he even makes mention of the fact, and well, I won't jump too far ahead, but he makes mention of the facts of things that happened where, well, that wasn't Rorschach, that was him. And it's yeah. very much, actually, my drinking game almost was going to be every time that someone talks about themselves in the third person, mm-hmm. take a drink, because the next issue, you would be drunk off your ass, because it's, it's very much so, I mean, even to the point where his psychiatrist stops calling him Korvac and has to correct himself. He's like, no, his name's not Rorschach, it's this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he has become this other person. He's no longer who he used to be. But he also has a very distinct separation in his mind as to what one does is different than what the other one does. And it, I mean, if you want to get into armchair psychology, it might have to deal with something of, you know, the violent things that he does, he, as, you know, a tender-hearted human being, doesn't want to necessarily associate with having done that. Those are the things that, you know, 
he had to do well on the job kind of thing. You know what I mean? That he's sort of separating out his crime fighting life from his individual personality, although they feed into each other. And he's aware that they feed into each other, but there is sort of a, a very big separation in his mind that one is one and the other is another. This is a total weird sort of side note, but that makes you kind of wonder the question of like, when Catwoman and Batman are engaged, mm-hmm. do they get married? Or like, is she really engaged to Batman or is she engaged to Bruce Wayne? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's almost like they're two different people. Yeah, is Catwoman marrying Batman or is Selena Kyle marrying Bruce? Yeah. We'll find out in in issue 40. When does that come out? In a couple months. Uh, we'll the see. wedding's on issue 40 of is it 40? Rebirth I thought it was Batman. 50. 40 is what I just read. Well, see, there you go. I'm open to being wrong. <laughs> Although he isn't often. Um. <laughs> uh, also, uh, other than him realizing that there's a distinction between the two and being aware of it, it kind of makes me think of uh, Fight Club in a sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where sure, yeah. Know, is, is Rorschach is Tyler Durden or is uh... spoilers? <laughs> spoilers if you haven't seen it. The other funky thing when they find um, Jacoby or Moloch and he's dead sitting there, he also is posed in the Buddha mm-hmm. pose and the whole thing. So he may be dead, but at death he has found enlightenment. I never caught that. And the thing is, there's also when they had the uh, the father who killed his family earlier in the issue. They have mm-hmm. uh, the posters of the Buddha on the wall, which I, I thought was odd, like a weird, interesting statement of has a Buddhist poster, but then ended up, you know, killing his family and then committing suicide. I never noticed, right. that, I never noticed that he was in a Buddha pose. That's a very interesting thing. And even going back to a previous episode when you were in Adrian Veet's office, he's got that monstrous poster of him in India curing the famine. Oh, interesting. So, so there's quite the themes of this playing throughout. And well, I remember we brought up Fight Club, so... You know how the whole thing now is like the, the, the alt-right likes to call the Democrats and liberals like snowflakes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That saying came from Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Whether they talk about, you know, you're not a unique snowflake, which is ironic because it's a gay man making fun of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. by calling them snowflakes, which is now in turn being used by people who are snowflakes. full of themselves. <laughs> who yeah. are snowflakes. Exactly. Who are yeah. snowflakes. <laughs> Who would wear ball caps that say Black Rifles Matter. Which gay man, are you, are you saying the writer is gay, or are you saying... Chuck, Chuck Norris gay, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> okay, yeah, he's, he's, he's queer as the dollar bill. So. Okay, for him. Mm-hmm. I, I love his work. I've read a lot of his books. I just, I never knew that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I actually, I need to catch up on the last couple ones he's read, but uh, my, my favorite still is Rant, so. Um, <laughs> for those of you listening to this podcast, go read Rant. Also, though, I, I, I will I, say, so, as far as, as, if you like the movie... <laughs> Fight Club, the book is the most true to, like, the movie adaptation is the most true to the book I've ever seen. There's only, like, slight changes in lines. It's also the fact that the book is incredibly short. It's only, like, a hundred and something pages. It's basically yeah. the length of the well, screenplay anyway. And Chuck's come out and said that he believes that the movie is better than his book. And there's only slight variations between the two. If you like the movie and just want to read the book, like, they're, they're very, very similar. Like, it's like changes in like dialogue here and there. And there's a change. I think one of, the, one of the few I remember off the top of my head. There's a line that uh, the girl says after having sex with Tyler Durden. Bottom Carter. Yeah, yeah Martin 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 Carter. says, "I want to have your abortion." Yeah, but I think in the that book, awesome. I, I think in the book the original line is, "I haven't been fucked like that since I was a schoolgirl." No, that's, that's in the movie. movie. They, no, they changed, the movie. But the original book was, "I want to have your abortion." Yeah. Yeah, they, they okay. changed it to "I want to have your abortion" to something, which is funny because like of all things, again, this was the '90s too, so maybe that's why. But <laughs> that's like the like the least offensive thing in that book <laughs> probably true but that's okay so anyway 
that's that's one of the few you know very few differences between the two mm-hmm. but yeah read uh read rant especially if you are lo- love time travel that's all i'm gonna say because the rest will be spoilers all right okay. has anybody read the uh fight club 2 comic i've got them all but i've, I've not read i've it. only read the first couple. i read it but i got super bored with it yeah me oh, too really? that's unfortunate okay I'm curious about it, but I've never picked it up because I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's good or not. So issue six, our last issue for this week, uh, is called The Abyss Gazes Also. It's basically Rorschach's backstory um, and or Kovacs's last ba- backstory, depending on how you want to separate that all out. And it's all told from the whole issue, I think, is told from the psychologist's perspective uh, as he's interviewing Rorschach and researching him and finding out about it. So you find out that Rorschach's mom, like his dad wasn't in the picture. His mom was a prostitute. He found out that she was a prostitute. He was uh, put up, put into foster care. And he started uh, fighting crime after he was reading about um, a woman being raped in her apartment building and people not doing anything about it. The the ever-changing ink blots on Rorschach's mask, we learned that that actually came from when he was working for a clothing company that was making a line of uh, clothing from Dr. Manhattan's personal line, because why wouldn't you, I guess, if you were Dr. Manhattan, create a fashion line. And so that's why the technology that uh, makes those uh, ink blots move around on his face or whatnot are actually from Dr. Manhattan's powers. His uh, crime fighting took became violent after uh, he was looking for a six-year-old kidnapped girl um, who her kidnappers actually, actually killed her and fed her to uh, the two German shepherds, and that's when he started like really kind of killing people. He gets into fights with inmates in prison where you have the classic line, I'm not locked up in here with you, you're locked up in here with me, which I... I think that line is fun and kind of crazy. That's awesome. The newspapers are reporting about the possible war and all the pro, uh, and all the procedures as to what to possibly do with the you know bodies who've done from fallout and whatever. And uh, the theme that goes through all these books is this uh, spray painted couple, which is referenced as being seen uh, in I think the Fearful Symmetry issue. Uh, this kid spray painting it, spray painting some shadow of a couple in a doorway, and uh, it's referenced as looking like the shadows of Hiroshima victims. The follow up article is actually just like the the file and paperwork on Kovacs slash Rorschach, like his uh, his file. So uh, that's I think that's about the gist of that issue. It was really funny too because what 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 made me think about the whole time I was reading this was uh, his psychiatrist talking to him and how basically Rorschach's personality and who he is is destroying almost like a psychologist's life or psychiatrist's yeah. life. Oh yeah. And there was a there was I, it was a novelization. Uh, it was a Batman novelization about the Joker and stuff. And I remember this was like must have been like ten years ago that Eddie was reading. And I'll never forget the one the one line from that novel that stuck out for me and like I'll never forget was when the Joker first got to Arkham, he was being interviewed by a psychiatrist and she asked him to tell her his hopes and dreams. She went home that night and killed herself. That that, that just for some reason every time I see this 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 issue it, it makes that just pops in my head because I mean, and it's DC as well, mm-hmm. so like that makes sense. But sure. On Rorschach's story, you've just kind of That's by the tragic. end of the issue you well it's tragic, but you also learn by the end of the story, like it's ruined his psychologist's life. Like he goes mm-hmm. home and talks talks about it at dinner and like his friends are like yeah we're gonna go we don't want to be around you and his wife wants nothing to do with him and i think it leads to something else later on but i i can't say that without talking about something that's going on right now in comics <laughs> you know rorschach is quite i mean he's a bit of an anti-hero in a lot of ways in some ways he reminds me as the mob boss from the movie in bruges you've got to stand by your principles <laughs> and um he's very much there in that way and he um doesn't really take crap from no one, and he's just judgmental as hell. You know, is he one of the... I'm not even sure he's one of the good guys still. But he is recording things as he sees it, and he is judging. There is no question about that. Well, I was kind of thinking about it when when we did learn that the reason for him starting to do this is... No, I can't remember. Was it the girl that was getting raped that no one would do anything about? Jen, uh, Kitty Genesis. Stood by and watched, yeah. Yeah, stood by and yeah. watched. By the way, real event. 
Oh, really? Also, that's also where they got the uh, the scene from Boondock Saints. Yeah, this it's is a real event. Like, but, uh, I mean, it seems like he got his start from good intentions. Like, no one's going to do something. Someone needs to do something. And I'm going to do it. And Now, his methods may be a little questionable. questionable, but... You can say it's a good idea, but how he's going about it can be something else entirely. I mean, if you're making the Punisher seem like a calm dude in some ways... There's issues there. When you're, you're when you're more unhinged than the Punisher, right? Because <laughs> you I should think, step, you should take a step back and reevaluate. You would, right, but I think Frank Castle is a is more put together. Well, it's funny too because we I remember the very very first episode we ever did was mm-hmm. Killing Joke, and Brian, you asked me, you know, if I could be a superhero, what would I be? And I'd be like, I would be almost kind of like the Joke because I I believe in justice so much that I would probably kind of play more of the role of the chaotic person like the Punisher who is judge, jury, and executioner because, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I said, if I, if I stumbled upon someone who was you know, in the act of raping someone, um, I'm sorry, bullet to the head. Would you be more like Judge Dredd then? Possibly, yeah. I think, yeah, that'd, that'd be more like a Judge Dredd. I didn't think about mm. that. Anyways, that, so, going back to, so going going back to this, ancient history to an episode of our show you should never listen to. <laughs> right. So, but again, this is the backstory of Rorschach and what a flawed guy. I mean, the comedian, he's a attempted rapist. At least it's been shown for that. And he kills his girlfriend. He's leaving in Saigon because she's bothering him. And she's pregnant, and he doesn't want to deal with it, and he's more upset about the scar on his face than the fact he just killed his girlfriend. These are flawed, tragic people. And you even have John, Dr. Manhattan, who kind of moves on from girl to girl, and he knows it's going to happen, and he can see. I mean, if you're cursed with the vision of the past and future all simultaneously, there's a fatalism going on with John. And the Night Owl, you have him, he's retired, and he's just kind of plotting through life and you have Sally Jupe is it Sally? Lori. Lori. Sally was the original. Right. Sally was the original and with her own issues. But you you've got Lori that's just simply lost. Now that she's not with Dr. Manhattan, what is she? And instantly she hooks up with Night Owl. It's like, oh I guess I'll just go to this cheap place and she's just preying upon him for like a place to stay. So you have these characters that are lost. And something's going on. And then you have Adrian Veet, the smartest man in the world. And he's such this millionaire. And you're not quite sure what's up with him. But these characters, it's like, who watches the Watchmen? I'm not sure if these Watchmen should be watching anybody, frankly. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, yeah, so you're, you're watching this. And, it's, and they're all kind of tied together because they decided they wanted to do something about wrongs they saw occurring that wasn't being rectified. And that might be the most noble thing of all of them that they've done. But about that one act, and I think that might be about it. So as you're going through here, and you feel for the guy, but I'm not sure what makes this vigilante Rorschach, at the end of the day, that much better than most of the villains. This is just kind of a random thought that I just had. So you uh-huh. have the Keen Act. Sure. Basically says, you know... Vigilante is doubly bad if you yeah. wear a mask. Yep. Unless uh, we say it's okay. It kind of, to me, makes me think, and so, like, basically, except for the ones that work for the government, they quit. They did. They walked away. Now, think about about Civil War, the Superhero Registration Act. Mm -hmm. If the superheroes that were required to register give up, gave up, Mm -hmm. what happens when Galactus comes a-calling? And the government goes, oh, we need your, will you save us? No, we, you said it's illegal. (laughs) Like... 
it just kind of makes me think of like uh, what would happen if the superheroes there would have given up instead of fighting for basically the right to be superheroes. You should read Atlas Shrugged is where that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Land Rand. That's right. Uh, but, actually, yeah, that's about what I have to say about it. Well, speaking, you know, since we're on the Rorschach uh, issue, actually, that goes right into my drink. Behold, Mr. Boom. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water. Alcoholics transform! Uh, it's called the Ink Blot. Uh, it's it's very much a very classic martini. You do uh, one ounce of uh, sweet vermouth or dry vermouth, whichever you prefer. Uh, probably uh, for a martini, you do dry. Uh, three ounces of vodka. You pour it into a shaker filled with ice. Shake the shit out of it. Sh- strain it into a chilled martini glass. And then what you do is, on opposite sides of the glass, you add two drops of bitters. And that kind of goes down there and makes like an ink blot in your martini. Oh, well, that looks cool. Oh, Maya, why don't you go with yours? Because there's kind of ties in here as well. Yeah, my, mine is called the Rorschach test, which is very similar, <laughs> at least in name. It is different, though. It's one and a half ounce of Aquavit, uh, one ounce of Amir Pecan, three fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, three fourths of an ounce of grenadine, two to three ounces of light pale ale, uh, and a garnish with an orange peel on a skewer. Uh, you fill a cocktail shaker with ice, add all ingredients except the beer. Shake lightly and pour, uh, ice included, into a hurricane glass. Top it off with the beer and garnish with your orange peel. And mine is sort of similar to this issue as well. Mine is based off of the shadows that they talk about. My cocktail is called the Hiroshima, uh, or Hiroshima, uh, depending. Uh, It'll give you cancer. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, So it's uh, four ounces of whiskey, two ounces of martini and rosy, extra dry vermouth, and drops of absinthe. Um, and you shake the shit out of it and you strain it into a highball glass. Pretty straightforward, simple little cocktail. And Todd, being the odd man out and the only one who picks something from a different uh, issue, what is your cocktail? I did. So mine is probably goes with the second issue best. It's called the Mars Explosion Cocktail. So um, this right here is in all metric measurements, people of the world. So good luck with that. Dr. Manhattan, yes. the everyone, everyone but us. Okay, gotcha, that's right. See, right. <laughs> see, this has uh, 60 milliliters of orange juice that's been chilled, 40 milliliters of vodka, 40 milliliters of a silver rum, and a dash of grenadine. So what you want to do is you want to store your orange juice and vodka and a big cup of ice until it's very well chilled and frosted. So, And then you strain that a goblet into a goblet. And then you have your rum and your grenadine you want to stir together beforehand. And then you slowly pour this rum and grenadine into this chilled glass. And then you'll see this nice little explosion of this red and with the orange. And you've got the Mars explosion. <clears throat> so it's kind of like the nice. Rorschach drink, but for the guy with the blue dick. And, and for uh, for our American audiences, <laughs> uh, 40 mils is about one and a quarter ounce. And then 60 mils is two ounces. So, so this will get you drunk. It's good stuff. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> Drink, fucker. <laughs> oh, I have that button. I can get around to it. Uh, it's in here. Ah, drink, fucker. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we have anything else we want to discuss on these issues before we move on to next week and recommendations and all sorts of stuff? No, I think we're. I think no, we're. Yeah. I think we've kind of discussed it all, and we've gotten where we need to go. And yeah. Uh, uh, but again, I, I will. I'll come back to this. You know, I, when we announced reading Watchmen. I hadn't read it since I read it the first time before I saw the movie, and I was kind of dreading it again because I'd forgotten how much I liked it because we, we've done a couple Alan Moore stories, and mm-hmm. they've all kind of been, hmm. Uh, Shitty but, would probably be, you yeah. know. Uh, would, 
decent to shitty. I mean, Viva Vendetta, there's there's some good kernels in there that you think. Yeah, but there's also kernels in my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need the corn. <laughs> but, uh, are you on that all corn diet again? <laughs> I'm not licking your butthole now. Um, uh, but this uh, again, this is this reminds me again how much I do really like. Alan Moore for this book and why he's revered and held in such high esteem because once again this is a nearly flawless book and there's so much here I mean we could we could probably spend another two hours just just on the 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 fifth issue alone about the symmetry and everything else that went through and the symbolism and it, it was kind of fun reading you know flipping through it again as we're mm-hmm. doing this was as much like I, I made my drinking game about when you see the shadows I didn't realize just how many shadows you oh, yeah. see and mm-hmm. how many the, the silhouette of, of the, the couple sitting there. Like it's like on every page almost. So it's there's just a, a lot to dig into, and I mean you could probably write a doctoral thesis on this. this I'm, I'm sure there have been. I'm sure there have been. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Uh, I mean there, there's just so much here to unpack, but uh, it's I'm I'm happy we're doing it, and I'm really really glad we're we're doing it piecemeal because this is one you definitely can't read all at once. You'll yeah. try. Do not marathon it. No, you can't marathon it. And I've read a lot more comics now doing this show than I had in the past. And the thing is, and I've read mm-hmm. it before, it holds up. There's a lot of things yeah. you really go down or like, oh, I really enjoyed reading that. You read it again and you're starting to see the flaws or something under repeat viewings. And as much as you thought you enjoyed it the first time, it is still just as good, if not even better. And that is a true rarity in any medium or form. So, I mean, this is kind of like the, the kill a mockingbird of comic books. <laughs> I was going to go with Blade Runner, but... <laughs> sure. Actually, can... the moment you said that, it holds up over time. That was the first thing that popped in my head was Blade Runner. So. It just holds up. You go back to it again, and you're like, this really is just so good and amazing. And it's and as much as we talk about Alan Moore, I do not think we can um, minimize any of the work Dave Gibbons has done as well. No, not at all. So... He really does deserve every bit as much. And and it, just speaking of his art, and I've I've said it to these guys a couple of times. I think off off uh, off mic. Off mic. Sp- spend the extra few bucks and get the absolute edition. They recolored it, and it just makes Dave Gibbons' art infinitely that much better. It is so beautiful to look at, especially to me. Like the blues of Doctor Manhattan really stand out and pop from the page mm-hmm. uh, with the recoloring. It's slick. It is. Like, I don't think this has ever gone out of print. No, there's a very good reason for that. It, it, because, yeah, because if, if it does it go out of print, Alan it goes Moore. back to Alan Moore. Right, but it hasn't. So this has been since the mid-'80s. This started coming out in the mid-'80s. There, there is a reason that this is the greatest-selling graphic novel of all time. Because we're in 30 years of in print. For and comic. we're going to get renewed interest because HBO is doing their series. It's yep. been ordered to a pilot, and Damon Lindelof is the, uh, the yep. showrunner. I couldn't tell if that was... Uh, <laughs> wait, whose side was that? I couldn't tell. Yeah, who was that? That was, that was the lion cat. No, um, it wasn't. Was that you? It was oh, it's me. Oh. Here's my thing. I is, have issues with Lindelof. As much as I do like the movie a lot, and I, I again, I'm one of the four people who do love the movie, mm-hmm. this is a story that needs to be told Game of Thrones style. You yep. can't sure. do... You can't do it justice in even like a four-hour movie, which and, the extended cut almost is four hours. But, I mean, I think doing... If they just do an hour per, like, if they just do, like, an hour per issue, and they, and I hope they do that, just do one season, do Watchmen in one season, and maybe for the second season, do, like, the, the new Watchmen well, or I was whatever gonna else. Say, well, I was going to say, uh, you know, hate it, hate it or don't, whatever your feelings on the before Watchmen stuff is, they have a lot more material they could use to work off of. Uh, you know, getting that backstory on the Minutemen, or... Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. But I really hope for the for the first season, if they're just going to do Watchmen, do 12 episodes, do an hour per issue, or mm-hmm. whatever you need to do. Sure. And then for the second season or the third season, that's when you go back and start doing the Minutemen, the before Watchmen, the Doomsday Clock, all the fun stuff we're doing now. Because I feel that, like we said, there's so much, it's so mm-hmm. deep, and so there's so much depth to the story that if you try to add things in that are extraneous to the actual story of what's going on, it's going to feel padded and kind of almost how Preacher does on AMC, which I actually like Preacher, but there's so much that it's it, it took a full season to do the first like two graphic, issues. Yeah, <laughs> the first mm-hmm. two issues of the comic took two seasons or a season to do. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need all this. Just give me the story. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've, I've been seeing people fan casting Dr. Manhattan online, and at first I was like, even though I like him, I was like, that's stupid. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, Give him a chance. Danny DeVito. John Cena. <laughs> like, give him a chance. We've seen he, he, We know he can do comedy. Uh, you know, people that, that... We've seen his ass. We've yeah, seen, we've seen, we've seen his, we've seen his, his ass. Dick. Yeah, let's see his dick. Uh, but really, uh, it just makes me think of like, oh, people... They're like, oh, Batista can't act. And then you see Guardians, and especially Guardians 2, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you, you, haven't, seen, you haven't seen the Blade Runner yet, though. Like, yeah, the five minutes he's in that, it's, it's just heartbreaking. Like, he is... And they almost didn't cast him because he wasn't old enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but there's so good. There, there's, I guess, this, just this trope of pro wrestlers can't act. And yeah, that's all they do is act. A lot of time. They, yeah, you're right. Um, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, I want to see Cena in kind of this tragic. Give him a chance to be tragic and, and show his dramatic skills. And, uh, and his I'm, dick. I'm totally behind that online fan casting. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Uh, should we jump into recommendations? And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're a stamp tramp. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Sure. So I went and bought Skyrim for the third time. (laughs) Third time. (laughs) Because it's now available on the Switch, and the idea of being able to be a Dovahkin and take it on the go was too enticing. So I'm now playing through it for the third time, and I'm trying to do... Because I always do like 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 a... Battle Mage. So I'm trying to do something a little bit different this time, so we'll see. I'll probably be in a Battle Mage again. <laughs> just being able to take it on the go with you is fun. It, it looks great on the screen, on the little Switch tablet. Uh, it's on the 720. Screen. Yeah. And you, if you dock it, it goes to the 1080p. I've got the 4K version for the PS4, but I can't take that with me, so... Yeah. Um, you can't take it in while you're taking a shit. Exactly, yeah. So I can't, I can't go, like, you know, rob... <laughs> I can't go pickpocket people on on shitting in the bathroom on the PS4, so... You can't go Carvashark and play Skyrim at the same time. Carvashark, yes. Uh, <laughs> I just, I wish, I wish it would have been you cheaper. you do a lot of shark carving? <laughs> at least twice a day. Um, wow, okay. I, That's pretty I, good. I get a lot of fiber. Um, <laughs> I had an old boss that referred to his laptop as his pop pal, because that's laptop spelled backwards. There you go. <laughs> good for him. And I'm just like... Please don't call, email, do work stuff while you're on the bathroom. Did he? Uh, did he also call minutes. you and ask you uh, what channel the Netflix is on, <laughs> <sighs> or, uh, or or what radio station he can listen to your podcast on? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it is full price on the Switch, but uh, you can get it twenty percent off on Amazon and Best Buy right now. It's fun. It's it's Skyrim. It's you've, you've played it before, but 
again, being able to take it on the go is one of the greatest RPGs of all time. Is a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, Todd, do you have any recommendations? I do. Um, Matt Fraction has really been growing on me lately. Matt Damon. Oh wait, never mind. Matt Damon. So, um, so I started reading. It's called a uh, Casanova. Is a series he did with. Um, it, it was Gabriel originally Fabio Moon and it was Gabriel a, Ba. Yeah, and it was originally through Image, and then when he was working with Marvel, they let him put it out through their creator-owned imprint. And so now I, think it, now I think it's back to Image. Yeah, right. it was. Yeah, so if you find it on the shelf, it could either have Image or Icon listed. Sure, kind of what Bendis is doing with all his creator-owned stuff. Yeah, too. I'm excited about that. Yeah, so Bendis went to DC and they announced, and he took all his stuff with them. So I think mm-hmm. Powers is doing a Image Icon. Vertigo? Who knows what imprint Powers uh, is going to pop out on? Well, it won't be through Image. If he's it won't doing be all, right. If he's doing, yeah, it'll, so Vertigo, I, or I think it'll just be. I think it's just going to be his own imprint that DC just puts out for him. Sure, I'm um, not sure how many series of Jump Publishers as much. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, we could we could talk about that. Bendis. Actually, I'll, I'll talk about that. Bendis sure. when when we get to me. Right. So, um, Casanova. It's Casafona Quinn. Quinn is the main character, and he is a uh, thief that goes around the galaxy searching for stuff and trying to find and beat himself because his parents and family are filled with terrible people. So he's this amazing thief, and he's hired to um, basically catch family members because they're awful people. So who better than someone else like that? It's a lot of fun. I mean, this is the same guy that did Sex Criminals and Hawkeye. And then so, Iron Man forever. And he did that. So, but the art is cool. It's nice and crisp. Gabriel Moon and um, Gabriel Bond, and Fabio Bobby. Moon are siblings, aren't they? Yes. Right. They, and they did Day Tripper and a few other things that are pretty cool. I like Day Tripper. Day Tripper's good. Yeah. So the art is fun. It's good. It's good fun. So yeah, Casanova. It's worth a read. Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, a book that I just read and. It is one of the few comic books that has inspired me to really want a tattoo from it. Oddly enough, um, I'm still toying with the idea it may or may not happen. Uh, but the book is called I Kill Giants. It's basically about a girl who's really into D&D, and it's how she's dealing with some major problems in her life. I don't really want to spoil much more than that, but I thought it was a beautiful... I mean, the, the art is amazing. The story is beautiful and wonderful. Um, I know they're making a movie of it coming out, which could be interesting. I, I find it interesting that the movie is set in England, which is very interesting, because I didn't read it as that, but I mean, it can work either way, I guess. If you want to wait for the movie in March, fine, but I really, really recommend the comic. I thought it was really great. Um, and Mr. Maya, what's your recommendation? So I'll talk about the Bendis stuff in a second, but uh, my recommendation is actually right now, uh, as we record this, uh, we're about four issues in, but um, starting with issue 679 of Avengers, uh, it's going weekly for four months. Uh, they oh, basically, wow. basically canceled the other two Avengers books, um, and this is the sole Avengers book for this big 16-part story that uh, Mark Wade, Jim Zub, and uh, Al Ewing are all working together on. It, and it's basically like, uh, it kind of makes me think of that season four finale of Doctor Who uh, with David Tennant where the Earth gets stolen, because that's what happens here. The Earth uh, gets stolen, and a lot of superheroes and villains on the Earth get kind of frozen, um, except for the Avengers. And they're trying to figure out who stole the Earth and froze everyone else, and get everything back to the way it is. Uh, uh, Jarvis basically saves this family from a falling building and uh, ends up in the hospital. So hopefully he makes it through because I love Jarvis. But uh, yeah, it seems uh, there, there, it seems like there might be big, uh, 
big ramifications for what goes on in the story, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Especially with it coming out every week, you don't, you don't have to wait a whole month for the next part. Uh, it's That's kind of nice that way. But actually, two other things I wanted to mention, and I'll, I'll send you the picture, Brian, um, but it looks like... Is it Sideshow? I think it's Sideshow Collectibles is putting out a 1-6 scale action figure of the pro. <laughs> oh my Just God. for Q! <laughs> we can send that to him. I actually do want that, because like... As much as like I know that Q hated that, that's actually one of my favorite episodes ever because that's the Q picked up a prostitute episode. Yes. <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, that's all I yeah, have I'll, to say about that. I'll, I'll, I'll send I'll send that picture to Brian, uh, and and I think it was posted on uh, like Jimmy Palmiotti's Twitter or something. I'll retweet it on the uh, Funny Books Twitter account if you want to see it. Um, but uh, I wanted to briefly talk about what Bendis is doing at DC because they uh, they came out and said. What's going on? Okay. Uh, so his first thing he's writing is going to be a backup story in issue 1000 of Action Comics, which I believe comes out in, like, April. It's going to be a big deal. It's an $8 issue. I recommend everyone to go get it just because it's a big deal. For It's the first monthly superhero book to hit 1,000 issues. I say monthly because uh, 2000 AD in the UK is weekly, and they're in, like, issue 22-something. Uh, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But after that, from the sounds of it, it seems like both Action and Superman will go on hiatus for a little bit. Bendis is going to do a six-issue miniseries called Man of Steel. And then after that, he will be writing both Action and Superman. So he will be the Superman guru for the next little bit. And I'm super excited. Well, cool. Um, Anybody got anything else? No, I think that's good. Cool. So next week, we will continue on. We're going to read issues seven through nine of Watchmen, the... Uh, we're into the second half of the book now, um, and we'll continue plowing on. I haven't read it in a while. I don't remember what those issues are, so we'll figure it out as we go, but we're not spoiling it. Um, and, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, also, I think there's still time uh, to submit to do um, to recommend books for us for... Uh, March Madness. Uh, mm-hmm. March Madness. Maya, uh, you want to bring up anything about that? Yeah. Uh, if, if you uh, have something you want to recommend, just make sure it's a, either a volume one or a standalone story and tweet it at us or post it on our Facebook page or Instagram. Use the hashtag FunnyBooksMadness. And, uh, or you can also email me at uh, FunnyBooksAndFirewater at gmail.com. Or that too. And uh, I won't get that and as well. Uh, I, I do have some sad news. Uh, but, you know, because today, the, the half hour before the kickoff for Super Bowl, um, Justin Timberlake will not be using a Prince hologram. Oh, he's not? In the, uh, the halftime show. Now. Oh, boo. And Jumanji just came back to number one in the box office. So, <laughs> wow. I like Jumanji. Though. That's a fun well, movie. I, don't, I, I love I, Jumanji. I don't say this as a negative, but, like, what the fuck? No, the, the, the two little movies. <laughs> there's, that, there's nothing out right now, man. There's just nothing out the there. The two little movies that could this year, or last year, were Jumanji and Greatest Showman. Because Greatest Showman is one of the few movies ever to actually outgross itself as weeks went on. I, I think mm. the last one that mm-hmm. the last one that had the same rate of return that it had was like Titanic. Wow. Oh, because yeah. that was the one that no no one saw opening weekend and everyone saw afterwards. So those so and Jumanji is fun as hell and there's a lot of dick jokes in it, which is kind of surprising. Hmm. Yeah, I, the thing I liked about Jumanji is like the Jack Black character could easily have been a one note joke, and they actually put it they they made it interesting to the entire film. And they, and they made it more I, dynamic. General, they actually made his character. Yeah. A, a character arc and growth and everything else, and, yeah. and you get scruffy Nick Jonas. My, my, yeah. ideal, my ideal weight is Nick Jonas on top of me. So, <laughs> yeah. 
antsy. Uh, oh, there'd be nothing fancy about that. It'd, it'd, it'd be dirty and sweaty. Rar. Yeah. Rar. Rar. All the rars. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. I guess if you want to go see Jumanji, that's part of the reason why I've been going and seeing all the Academy Award nominees because there's nothing out. So, I'm, you know, I'm too. Because you loved uh, the Phantom Thread so much. God, I fucking hated the Phantom Thread so much. I fucking hated it. <laughs> I don't think I've even heard of it. It's a self indulgent yeah, piece of shit about a self indulgent piece of shit. It's a fucked up relationship. Like it's it's just fucked up. It, it's two hours long. It makes old boy look like normal. I like oh, old Jesus boy though. Um, no, basically, okay. The relationship it is. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna spoil the hell out of this for you, just so you're aware. Okay, so if you want to go see the Phantom Thread and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now. We'll see you next week, and then I'll I'm gonna spoil this. So basically, what it is, it's about this guy. He's this asshole of a dress designer. He ends up dumping his girlfriend right at the very beginning. Goes and meets this new girl who's a waitress you know, woos her, and uh, when she's, when he basically starts starts to lose interest in her, um, she poisons him with poisonous mushrooms. He gets sick. She nurses him back to health, and because he has such serious mommy issues, he uh, ends up marrying her. Then he's married to her, and starting going, oh, maybe this was a bad idea. She then starts to poison him again. He sees that she has put poisonous mushrooms in his omelet, sees her bring it to the table to him and he deliberately eats them she then says i want to make you sick so that i can take care of you and he eats it deliberately knowing that says i love you so basically she's poisoning him and making him sick and he is in love with her for it it's fucked up and stupid that's the entire fucking plot like there's really well, see, like that, that's it that's 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 his first problem is he was eating mushrooms mushrooms are gross well, that's true too. Didn't agree. But yeah, it, and like the thing is, is that he's an asshole. Like he, he's just he's a self indulgent piece of shit. And she, you know, I kind of wish she just would kill him. To be honest with you, like if she killed him, not you know was freaky weird making him sick so that she could date him, I might be a little bit more inclined to like her. But like it's just yeah, it's a horrible piece of shit. I hated that movie so much. Why don't um, you tell us how you really feel about it? I, it's fucking awful. So, so, so you're, you're saying that this movie is your mother? Because I haven't seen Mother yet. Yes, it is. Moist Mother? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. I didn't bring it up. You I gave me that did. pointy glare that you always do. I do. <laughs> Undressing me with your eyes, thinking of your moist mother. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're going to put a fork in it. We'll talk to you guys all later. Right. Bye, guys. See ya. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.